0: A Rich Tradition College Football Podcast is now live.
1: Hello and welcome to A Rich Tradition College Football Podcast. I'm Spencer Van Horn. He's Robbie Steltonpole, two friends, one love, and that is College Football. Roberto, week one is in the books for the most part. We're recording on a Monday night. Duke and uh, Clemson is underway. We're right at the very beginning of that ball game as we record. So Duke is in front three uh, to nothing. I think there was uh, something mention of a turnover, but I think it went back to Duke. So uh, we're almost week one is uh, almost in the books. And we've already had a good bit of fun on uh, Saturday and Sunday. How are you, my friend? Well,
0: I'm doing pretty great. Um, this college football weekend was, while may not have been the most competitive games in some regard, Gave us a lot to talk about, a lot to think about, and it was very entertaining, regardless of, you know, of whether or not four of the top five teams played garbage teams this weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it, you know, something was on. That's really the, 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 the tall and skinny of it. Something was on. Teams were in action. And, yeah, you might not have seen uh, all of the, uh, you know, we might not have had all the competitive games that we wanted to have but you got a chance to see everybody. You got a chance to sort of see where everybody is coming out of the gate. Who's excited, who's doing what, what kind of systems are where. And uh, yeah, you just got a chance to see some college football. It was nice.
0: Yeah, man. Um, And so you and I are starting our first, like our season here where we will have, um, we'll have two episodes a week, Spencer.
1: Yes. That's going to be very exciting. I've transitioned into a, a new world and, uh, I'm not quite as um, rambunctious on a on a Saturday, although uh, this past Saturday was a little bit different. But, uh, well, I say different. It was the same as it has been, uh, different from what we want it to be. But, uh, yeah, some things have changed in my world, and so we're going to be able to, to do a little bit more. My weekdays are going to be uh, freed up a little bit, and so um, we're pretty excited to um, – uh, to get things going here with two, two a week, and today's just going to be reactions. We're just going to have fun looking back at the weekend that was.
0: Yeah, man. Um, so we're going to try a, a little different format. Also, by the way, um, t- for for today, we're going to try to do a little different. We're going to have some overreactions. Um, we're going to have some overreactions. We're going to try to. Uh, Talk about the main games and then we're going to kind of like empty the notebook about the the last you know any games that we kind of just wanted to make mention of uh, I imagine in the future <laughs> that last part will have way more games to talk about um, but this week we're, we're just going to try this format and see how it goes um, Spencer before before I share ours, you didn't know I was doing this um, and next week I'll post this much earlier but I posted a question on dog central asking for listed responses of basically what is your best overreaction that you may actually believe (laughs) because i I think this weekend can can give us a ton of overreactions but i only want to hear the ones that you actually may believe and so uh david Josie uh wrote colorado i think they have the horses to be a ranked team not saying they will spencer just out out uh, out the gate kind of you don't have to give a full breakdown, but, like, kind of how do you feel about that?
1: Well, that is the overreaction from the weekend, and I think if there's any one overreaction from the weekend that you're going to feel really, really good about at this point, it uh, it feels like it's Colorado. It's probably the two, one of the two teams that played on Sunday night uh, as well. But, yeah, there's all sorts of momentum. You had a record-setting day for, uh, for the quarterback. You had uh, rushing success when they needed it. You have Coach Prime doing all of his uh, announcing and and talking and and you know all of his uh, hype that goes along with you know with what they've been doing the turnaround the completion of, of a sense of the turnaround that you know you got to do it for several more weeks now but ultimately you get this you get this sort of final nail in the coffin to the to this first chapter of will they won't they they definitely look like they're going to be a competitive team. And to say that they're going to finish as a ranked team, I think that's, I, I think, yeah, I think we could all, at this very moment, believe that. Okay.
0: Um, Hunter writes, Bama quarterback is going to be really good. Um, I, I don't know if I'm in, I don't know if I agree with this one yet. Um, if we look at the Bama game, If we look at the stats, like Milrow threw for 194, but I think he was only asked to throw for the ball 18 times. You know, he, and he only ran
1: yards and attempt.
0: He only ran for 48 yards um, against Middle Tennessee. Let's, let's, let's calm down before you start defending this. Um,
1: It was 10 yards and attempt, though.
0: Great. Against Middle Tennessee.
1: I, 10 yards and attempt.
0: Shut up. I, we heard you. The thir- <laughs> fourth time you said it.
1: I just um, I'm I'm lending some credibility to our friend here. Oh my ten, gosh. 10 yards and attempt.
0: Okay. W- let's see what happens this weekend.
1: Sheree Sanders uh, had ten, 10 10 yards and attempt this weekend and he's a Heisman hopeful now. His name's so sure,
0: that that's not his name. Um Go ahead
1: with it. With, what was the name again?
0: Nothing, Spencer. I'm going to correct you in a second. Um <laughs> the, the the last one, uh DX the Champ says fsu has the feel of a playoff team
1: yeah yep that one feels after last night that one feels really really good they were wearing uh lsu down defensively i am interested or will be interested to see sort of the continuing of of protecting jordan travis um it felt like the um the pressure was kind of around him a a little bit throughout the night but i think you started to see, we talked about depth for LSU, that maybe depth for LSU was an issue on Sunday night, that as the game went on, things became a little bit more easy or a little bit more, you know, you were able to lean on LSU a little bit more as that game went on. So, um, yes, I I think that's an overreaction worth uh, believing in as well. Florida State definitely showed the muscle of a playoff team.
0: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I told a friend earlier today, FSU played with a physicality that I've only really seen top tiers in the SEC play with last night. And, yep. uh, but we'll, we'll get more to them in a minute. Well, thank you so much for your responses. If, if we didn't get your response, uh, I'll try to post this earlier next week so people can, um, respond and we, we can share them on the show. Um, by the way, his name is Shador Sanders. Um,
1: Shador Sanders, excuse yeah. me. What did I say? Sheree?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, that's bad. Yeah, it's okay. That's I've, one of I've, that's one of our basketball players from a few years ago. Okay, go ahead.
0: Just historically, you have bad, you have bad track record with names. So do I. That's not what we're here for, though. We're here for talking about okay, football. So we're doing
1: no. making this personal tonight. Okay.
0: <laughs> Stop.
1: Very good. All right. No, Spencer, I'm just. I'm. I'm glad we're me... I'm glad to know where we stand.
0: Stop, Spencer, Give me. Give me your first first of three overreactions for the weekend. That again aren't ridiculous, but something that might actually be believable.
1: Uh, Billy Napier won't make it to the end of the season as Florida's head football shoot, coach.
0: Shoot, god dang, coming in, coming in hot. Um, the,
1: and the thing, the reason why I think this is a little bit believable is yeah. some of the coaching mistakes yep. that seem to happen in that ball game from a. Two, you know the same players on the field with yep. too many with the same number uh that's a coaching thing and even somebody else pointed out that there were only eight people out to help block a field goal at one point yeah that's a co- that would be a special teams coaching thing so uh, again it maybe like, it's overblown <laughs> no, but i no. think you're in a you know those are some so there's some red flags there that make you think oh boy is this is this going very well down there
0: they seem like a very poorly coached team. Their, <clears throat> their offensive line um awesome offensive line play was just abysmal. Um but no, I I I that is a hot take, but it actually might be real. Um we'll see as the weeks go on. But I mean I agree with you. That was one of the worst coached games I've seen in a long time. And and here's the thing though, like and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about this here in a little bit. Duke just blocked a field goal. That's incredible. Um, um, Florida got drugged by Utah, and it would have been so much worse had Cam Rising been there.
1: Oh, yeah, Utah by no means was Dude. operating at full power on offense or or let me rephrase that. They weren't operating you know, like a well-oiled machine on offense at all. They had plenty didn't have, of flubs.
0: Didn't have their starting quarterback, starting tight end, or start or, or number one wide receiver. All yep. three were out. Um, but, man, that defense was nasty, though. Um, okay, my first overreaction to go ahead and kick us off with the, the big conversation. <laughs> Shador Sanders is a Heisman hopeful. For this season.
1: Yeah. And at this point, that just feels like a fact right now in terms of we've only got one week. And it's, you know, Heisman, if your Heisman rankings start, which I'm sure somebody is starting Heisman rankings, whether it's the official people or not, his name has to be right there at the tip top with, uh, you know, with the Alabama quarterback, too, you know.
0: 510 yards um, was. Just, I mean, was so poised in the pocket the entire time. Was 38 of 47. Mm-hmm. Average 10.9 yards, uh, uh, you know, an attempt, or a, I'm sorry, in a catch. Um, a 90 Q QBR, four touchdowns. Just got the ball out quick. Um, I, I was just super impressed. Spencer, what's your next overreaction?
1: <laughs> um, The new clock rules in college football... Will be the beginning of the end of the sport, and it will cease to exist because of those rules in the next five years.
0: Oh, uh, what do you mean by
1: <laughs> I'm, we know it? So I'm I'm obviously being a little bit silly with my overreaction. Yeah, but uh, Chip Kelly was very adamant. I think he and Coastal Carolina only had about four possessions each in their game on Saturday evening. 27-13 win for UCLA. Each team only had four possessions. And Chip Kelly was very adamant at halftime uh, as he spoke to the to the ESPN people or whoever it was that interviewed him. He was very adamant that hey this is we only had four possessions, five possessions, whatever it was that he said. And he was very upset about it. And you go around certain other areas of college football, and you can tell that the number of plays ran is pretty low because of those new clock rules. Somebody posted 40 to 60 total plays being eliminated. I don't know if it's going to be quite that bad as the season goes on, but 40 to 60 plays total out of a game or snaps out of a game total, that's a big number. And if that were to continue on – then, yeah, you you could be looking at a, uh, at a at a different sport in a lot of lights.
0: I okay. So here's my response to Chip Kelly specifically: tell your defense to get you the ball more, and quit letting teams drive on you.
1: Mm-hmm. Sixteen play drive yeah. for Coastal yeah. Carolina, I think in that first half.
0: Yeah. So like, I don't I don't have much sympathy for him in that regard. However, at the same mm. time, Spencer, I think you and I talked about this. We either did that. We either talked about this on the phone, or we talked about this last podcast. You have to be f- be efficient in your drives now. Like you, you have to get points. Whenever yep. if you get the ball, you have to get points. And in that regard, it is like the NFL. Every drive is important. And I mean, like, I don't like the rule either, but you you, you got to figure it out because it ain't getting changed again. Because you know the NCAA that. They don't give a crap about what's best for the students or the players or the sport. All they care about, excuse me, are their stupid advertisements, which the advertisements didn't change at all. Still a ton of time given to the advertisements, which is a whole other thing. All right, Spitzer, here's my second overreaction. <clears throat> um, North Carolina is really the team that everyone needs to watch out for in the ACC to win the conference.
1: Mm. Explain yourself.
0: Well, let's just go ahead and put this out there. Um, they skull drug South Carolina.
1: <laughs>
0: um, they got nine sacks. Last year they had 14 sacks over the whole year and had nine in one game. Um, yeah, you heard that stat, right? Um They had had Brooks, who ran over 100 yards on him. They had Drake May, who was just slicing and dicing at times. Yeah, he had two bad passes, but the rest of the time, the rest of the time, he uh, did an incredible job. They had 14, Spencer, 14 tackles for loss in that game against South Carolina. And. the thing going into this year, the reason why I think this is such a big deal is that the, the reason why no one gave, myself included, gave North Carolina any credence to possibly have a chance for the conference is because until this year, their defense had essentially been two-ply Charmin toilet paper. They'd been milk toast soft. And their defensive line, though, regardless of how bad South Carolina's de- offensive line was, North Carolina's defensive line looked awesome. And they looked physical. And these four- and five-star guys that they've been collecting over the last two years on the defensive line seem to have finally come into form. And I I just – I was very impressed by North Carolina, what I saw. Even though I picked them to win, I was still very impressed with how they won that game.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm not sure – obviously just sort of come back around on your on the overreaction part of it. I'm not sure South Carolina wants to be your 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 measuring stick or you would want South Carolina to be your measuring stick. Um Oh yeah. But I certainly can understand that I think if you're in Chapel Hill, you're extra excited because you just showed off some defense to a team that finished the year red hot offensively, albeit not the same group offensively. But you just finished a, a really good game against a team that's you know got some has some juice offensively right now. Yeah. So I, I definitely see what you're saying. All
0: right. So give me your third one.
1: Oh, wee. Okay. So is this your third, hottest take? Is well, I don't your... know. If, I don't know if it's the hottest. Uh, it no, it's probably not. It's probably lukewarm uh, at best. Um. So I well actually I'm I'm teetering because I think we're gonna circle back to <laughs> the uh, to the big game of uh, of Saturday, but uh, third and final overreaction will have a lot to do with uh, everything in College Station is right with the world now. Connor Wegman and uh, Bobby Petrino have unlocked. The offense, kind of similar to what Clemson's hoping to see tonight, but obviously right now not seeing it so far. Clemson, or excuse me, Texas A&M, Bobby Petrino, that offense is unlocked. Uh, Connor Wegman is going to be in uh, you know, the running at the end of the year for SEC Player of the Year, or maybe even the Heisman, or whatever you want to call it. Five touchdowns this weekend. He was very, very good for uh, the Texas A&M Aggies, so... A 91.9 quarterback rating from the folks over at ProFootballFocus.com, uh, 18 of 20 or 25 of 18, 72%, 336 yards, the five touchdowns, the no interceptions. He was uh, he was very, very good uh, all day long for the Aggies against New Mexico. Um, one of the big storylines of the offseason was Bobby Petrino. Connor Wegman unlocked the offense. They're ready to go. Watch out Alabama and uh, LSU, especially LSU.
0: (laughs) Well, what's funny about that is that LSU is my third overreaction. LSU is going to lose
1: three more games this year. Woo. That didn't take long, did it?
0: Nope. Their offensive line play, they can't run the ball. Also, guess what you need to do whenever you play defense? Stop a team from passing the ball. They were unable to do that. And I understand. I I, I firmly believe that Jordan Travis is, is an awesome quarterback. And I think I picked FSU to win. I did not expect FSU to once again skull drug a, an SEC team. Like I did not expect them to beat LSU soundly. I did not expect LSU to have no coverage whatsoever. And dudes running wide open. Also, I understand that you use Harold Perkins to spy on Jordan Travis, which I, I guess to a degree is is could be smart. But guess what Harold Perkins is really good at, Spencer?
1: Rushing the passer.
0: Rushing the freaking passer. I can't scream because my son's trying to sleep. I was so disappointed in this LSU team. There is like there. I know that the old saying, you know, like you 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 grow more between week one and week two than you will all season. There is no growth from week one to week two that is going to fix the massive issues that this team showed yesterday. Or yeah, yes, no, wait, yes, yesterday. I, I I am I am just so just and Jaden Daniels did not look Jaden Daniels did not look poised or in control ever in this game. And yes, a lot of times it's because he had a dudeness face, and he threw for three forty-seven with a dudeness face. Uh, I don't blame him necessarily, but there were just times where he just did not look in control at all. And that, that this LSU team's has has issues. So there's there's my third reaction.
1: Well, would you like to start right there with our games then, and work our way backwards?
0: Yeah, let's do that. Well, just because we're not going, you know, yes, we will. Go ahead. Yes, yes, yes. Let's start there. Go.
1: So I can agree with a lot of what you're saying. It was very disappointing, and some of the comments that Brian Kelly had after the ball game oh were gosh. equally as sort of— uh, Threw his team
0: under the bus. What a joke. Yeah,
1: perplexing. We we thought we were the two-time defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs with, with his quarterback sitting right next to him. He and really does have
0: a-, a crush on Georgia. <laughs> yeah, This is the third time he's mentioned them in like some kind of interview. But keep keep going. I'm sorry, Spencer. I I'm No, you're fine. You my bad.
1: He's so, yeah, those those comments and maybe it was a, you know, call my guys out in public and see if they don't respond and, you know, throw the chum in the water. But I mean, after week one, that seems like that's a really tall order now to keep in mind, this game was closer than the final score would indicate. The game was closer longer than the final score would indicate because FSU, I mean, we were tied at halftime uh, at 17 and it wasn't really till the fourth quarter that uh, FSU started to pull away when, and you know F- um, LSU started to get tired, and I think Herb Street was really on top of that during that fourth quarter. So uh, the game was a little tighter, uh, a little bit longer, but it ended up not being much of a contest uh, overall because Florida State was just able to to run away with it. So on one hand, LSU very disappointing. On the other hand, Florida State. Very impressive with everything that they wanted to do with the energy that they had on the night. Uh, Jordan Travis, you mentioned, uh, you know, how well he played on the night 23 of 31. He did have the one interception right after a turnover, but three, four touchdowns. It was a big night for him, putting the ball kind of up and in position for, for Keon Coleman to make three big touchdown grabs and, um, You couldn't say enough about Jordan Travis and the way that he played on the night and the way uh, the rest of that offense played and then the rushing success that they ended up having towards the end. But this might be one of the best wide receiver rooms in uh, in the country, Mm -hmm. and Jordan Travis is being protected, and he's having an opportunity to sit back and and pick apart defenses. And right now, if that's going to be the case, if nobody can put pressure on them, and we'll see if you know, in the future, if a Clemson or a somebody else uses their personnel better than maybe what LSU did as as Robbie alluded to earlier, maybe that might change things, but Jordan Travis has got legs too. So, I mean, you might can rush him, but if he can get out of the pocket, he can make you hurt uh, there as he did a couple of times on the night. So very uh, impressed with Jordan Travis, very impressed with the, uh, with the defense as well uh, for flying around as well as they did. And, Ah, uh, Florida State, like like our overreaction mentioned, he's uh, you know, they're they're looking good for making a run at the um at the ACC championship and and especially considering that uh, Duke just got done with the first quarter against Clemson and Clemson doesn't have any points on the board yet.
0: And Duke's driving on them right now. Uh, just one last thing mention about the FSU game. Uh, one of my favorite plays of the game did not result in a touchdown or some huge gain. Um, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you remember, it, Spencer, I, I think it was late in the third or beginning of the fourth quarter. It was a it was either a third or fourth down and one and for FSU. And they ran a quarterback sneak. And at first, it seemed like they stood they stood Jordan Travis up in the offensive yep. lineup. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you know what play I'm talking about now? Yep. And And he he refused to let that be the end of the play. He kept driving and he did not care. He did not care whether he was going out to the right or out to the left. As long as he was going in a direction towards the first down marker, he was going to get there. And there was no one who was going to stop him from getting there. And I just thought, man, this team just wants this so much more than the team they're playing right now. And that is the that like I know we're about to, we're about to jump to that game and, and maybe it can be just a good segue to do so. But jumping to that North Carolina South Carolina game, it just felt like South or North Carolina wanted it way more than the South Carolina team, and you just don't see that from SEC teams. And I'm not like I I am in no way, shape, sure, or form SEC bias. I I think a lot of times SEC gets a whole lot more hype for their teams than we should than, than they deserve. But I just I, I really was just kind of caught off guard by the high level of effort that South Carolina and I'm sorry, the lack of effort that South Carolina and LSU showed at times in their respective games.
1: Yeah, I think if I'm counting this correctly here for South uh for Florida State, one, two, three, four, five, six touchdowns in their final six possessions, or excuse me, five touchdowns in their final six possessions, scoring drives on all of their six final scoring drives. So uh, you know, big big night for Florida. Florida State they showed the efficiency and even that final that final drive to score their final touchdown uh six plays 54 yards whatever that final play was Jordan Travis was putting his head down trying to get yards inside the 5-yard line as well so just kind of more to that fighting aspect of things there towards the end to make it 45-7 yeah I think it was just a 4-yard rush for uh Jaheem Bell on kind of an end around type deal but um, Travis had had a play just a couple of plays before that, where he barreled down uh, late in the ball game, only three minutes and twenty one seconds left. so, yeah, the 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 effort in game one, uh, and the lack of it for LSU just sort of signifies, boy, did did you you don't want to use the Q word this early in the season, but did you guys kind of fall out? Yeah, now, I think maybe more. It's to the fact of maybe LSU has much more serious depth issues then we maybe we realize. We've talked about them in the preview season, but maybe they're a lot more significant than we originally thought. Um, and then some of that, too, just might be the fact that FSU is as good as they are, and LSU got burned by a really good team. Maybe. We
0: will, we will see. Uh, Spencer, we already kind of talked about North Carolina, South Carolina heavily, <coughs> so I don't want to spend too much time here. This game has nothing – the result of this game has nothing to do with Spencer Rattler. That's how I feel. <clears throat> Rattler was 30 of 39 for 353 yards. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> they could not run the ball. They had they averaged negative 0.1 per carry Spencer. Yeah.
1: 31 attempts. They certainly tried. They did. 77 yards gained seventy nine loss so that is a net of negative two yards rushing for uh for the afternoon and they've got better guys than that uh, it could be a long season for South Carolina with that offensive line uh Spencer rattler is going to do a lot that uh, is going to do as much as he can to to salvage things um and maybe that'll go a long way for his heisman hopeful or not Heisman but uh NFL draft stock but North Carolina uh you know kind of had their day uh on the ground and, and through the air did a, a lot of the things that they wanted to do. Drake may is the, uh, the Heisman guy. Um, now South Carolina's defense might be the highlight of the game for the Gamecocks. They did pick off Drake may twice, and those came in the maybe the second quarter and, or, uh, the second half. And they might've both come in the fourth quarter, if I remember correctly, or at least close to it. And so the defense was giving them time. It's only a 31 to 17 score. If the offense could have found points, late in that fourth quarter as the defense was giving them opportunities, uh, you could have had a much different game here. So uh, maybe if South Carolina can rally around their defense to help create some opportunities, some shorter fields, and the offense takes better care of that, better uh, better care of those opportunities, then maybe that could be somewhere where South Carolina could uh, could win a few games. But uh, this this go-around, it wasn't there. And to that point, Rob, North Carolina defended some shorter fields at times. So give uh, give the North Carolina defense a little bit of credit here early in the uh, early in the season.
0: Absolutely, this is this is in no way directed at North Carolina in a negative way. They they I mean, it felt like watching the game that South Carolina was kind of being embarrassed at times. Um, but here's the thing: you and I both mentioned this in the SEC preview. South Carolina lost more players in the portal than almost any team in the SEC. As we noticed at SEC media days this year, this is the first year where Shane Beamer didn't show up with his swagger, you know, with his trash talk, so to speak. Even though it's not really trash talk, they didn't. He didn't have that. I, I think game one kind of let us know why, right? Because yeah. he had nothing to have swagger about this year.
1: And um, hey, what's up with the uh, what's up with the the uh, the neck death grip from uh, from? Oh my goodness. North Carolina's head coach after the ball game. Do you see that where he grabbed Beamer no. by the neck? He wasn't it was almost like he was trying to grab him by the chin or grab him by the side of the face and sort of pull his face to him to to tell him something else. Uh just to pull him close to him, you know, to give him I'm sure some extra words of encouragement or whatever, but um but yeah, the head coach for North Carolina, again, name escaping me, uh grabbed him grabbed him by the throat kind of quickly and pulled him to him. It was sort of a a funny steel shot out there of of him grabbing him by the throat.
0: No, I did not see that. That's weird. Uh Duke just dude just had a 3 and out on Clemson and muffed the punt on the 20 yard line. So Clemson- Okay, so
1: this brings me to and again it's still early for Clemson but this brings me to and somebody <laughs> tweeted this out earlier and uh, we don't necessarily have to go to this game but uh DJU Heisman hopeful well, at,
0: at Oregon state. Well, that was going to be my, the empty, the notebook section. Uh, okay. Very good. Um, but y- yes, we're, we're, we're going to talk about him. Um, okay. cause I was very, very happy with what he said. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm gonna make this quick because there's some, there's some quick hitters here. Not everything here is going to be, um, extensive Virginia, Tennessee, Virginia, or it was seven, nothing a half or at the first quarter, um, 21, three at halftime. And then, it you know, Tennessee just kind of pulled away. Joe Milton, I mean, hey, I don't know if you knew this, Spencer, because it's been said seventeen thousand times. It's almost as as many times as people kept mentioning how Jimmy Graham played basketball in college. Because uh, if you if you don't remember, they used to mention that every NFL game for Jimmy Graham. Did you know Joe Milton can throw the ball seventy yards? Did you know that, Spencer?
1: According to him, he can throw it ninety.
0: Well, yesterday he <laughs> yesterday he threw a pass for sixty five yards, made it look easy. Uh, the kid the kid balled out. Like he, I mean he. I don't want to say balled out. He played really well because uh, he only had two hundred, two hundred and one yards and two touchdowns in the in victory. Uh, but he played well. Tennessee, Tennessee played well. The game, though, that I want to take—or actually, let's just be quick. Real, and I want to, and,
1: real quick, I wanted to react. Yes. Uh, kudos to Virginia being on the field, yep. getting a chance to honor their their players that they lost last year. And yep. uh, I think their their head coach mentioned uh, Tony Elliott mentioned at the beginning of the game that hey, it was just a big deal for us to be out there. And obviously yep. they've kind of got bigger fish to fry, and I know you weren't over overlooking that. It's just yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's I I do think it's good that Virginia was able to get out on the field and play and keep this game close for a little while and kind of capitalize on, uh, on Joe Milton being a new guy and uh, giving themselves a chance early at least.
0: Absolutely, uh, really quick another game just to make mention of um, West Virginia Penn State uh, Drew Ler, uh, uh, Aller, what was that? L- name? I messed it up because I'm <laughs> battling some kind of allergy sickness and I just mm-hmm. can't speak. Um, Drew Aller looked really freaking good. He looked really good. Um, 325 yards and three touchdowns. They win 38-15 over, over West Virginia. The, the one thing I just want to make mention of is that so many, so many people this offseason talked about how um, West Virginia is going to fire their coach by October. I... Th- I think, I think their team might be a little bit better than we gave them credit for. I think they just came across a Penn State team who's destined to win the Big Ten possibly. Um,
1: yeah, they played this game a little tighter. They did. Uh, than they did. Maybe the final score indicates. Uh, it was I think. 14-7 at halftime. Yeah, and Penn State scored 17 fourth-quarter points.
0: Yeah, so so I just want to make mention of that. Then the, the other game, just i got to be quick here because – it's it's not a big deal because there were there were a lot of non big deal games before we get to the, the two big two big ones. Boise State, Washington, Michael Penix was surgical. Yeah, in in 450 yards passing, five touchdowns, 56 19 against Boise State, a team that a lot of people think are going to win their conference this year. In Boise State, I I just think people maybe need to respect Washington a little bit more than they're giving him credit for. Could be wrong. But at least week one, man, they were again. I don't know any way. I don't know any other word to describe Penix than just surgical. that yeah, was <laughs>
1: uh, it. It was a lot of fun, and, and Boise State hung on in, uh, for a little while in this game. Made it a. I think they ended up cutting it nineteen twenty eight and held Washington to one touchdown in the third quarter. Again, trying to. Kind of hang on to it a little bit there. They gave up 28 second quarter points to Boise State, but they tried to hang on to it there for a little bit, pull the game to uh, kind of a closer score, 28-19. But then, then it just came uh, touchdown toss and touchdown running from the um, uh, from Washington. So yeah, they they pulled away there in that fourth quarter. But uh, yeah, great game from Pennix. 40 attempts, 450 yards, the five touchdowns, only was sacked. Uh, the one time I think that happened very very early in the game, and then uh, he was he was clean the rest of the way and uh, had great protection. So, um, yeah, big big game there for um for Michael Penix and whoever's throwing the football here for uh, Taylen Green for Boise State. He's got to improve. Nineteen of thirty-nine, two interceptions. He was way off the mark a lot. I think they want to run the ball more for Boise State, so they ended up in a game that they didn't want to be in there for a while. Um, but I, I would imagine Boise State's going to need some better passing performances from Green. Even if it's not 39 attempts a game, they're going to need yeah. some better uh, efficiency from him going forward.
0: So, sir, I'm going to mention the big game from Thursday, even we, even though we already kind of broke it down. I just want to make mention before we talk about the, the big game from Saturday. Utah, Florida. Utah, we talked about this. We already mentioned they were down there starting quarterback, their backup quarterback, their starting tight end, and their starting wide receiver and And they handle business against Florida, even though I will say, like i I do think there was some I, I liked the change of tempo that Utah had in changing quarterbacks throughout the game. Um, they seemed to do it at the right time. Florida just they they looked they looked bad. And I don't care if Graham Mertz do for three thirty. He still looked like the Graham Mertz that we saw at Wisconsin who's just inconsistent and can't keep can't keep playing well in a game.
1: Yeah, and and twenty four eleven sounds. I know we've sound we've had a lot of final scores that aren't maybe indicative of how well teams kind of hung around. This is not indicative of how kind of wide open this one was. U- Utah kind of had the ball game in hand for most of the night, and even though the score wasn't always wide open, you you had moments where you thought, okay, if they can do something here, but then Graham Mertz would miss something, or it would just the drives would stall. The offense didn't have much uh, pop to it at all, and yeah, it was a long night. And if the Gators are only going to average point six yards a carry, and they're only going to be able to run the ball twenty one times for uh, thirteen net yards, it's going to be a long. It's going to be a long season. They've got to be able to get Etienne and Montrell Johnson uh, involved in the ground game and, and involved in touching the football. I know they tried to get it to him through the air with seven catches between the two of them. Uh but that's just not going to be enough. You're going to have to find a way and uh Florida's offensive line is a real real big question mark right now. Five sacks for Mertz, 0.6 yards a carry for the offense uh, for the rushing game. So, yeah, big 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 work to do down in Gainesville.
0: Yeah. I just was very was very disappointed. But anyway, um all right, Spencer. All right. Let's talk, let's talk about the big game. Okay, the, the game, game. The, the game that has created the most overreaction for a single for a game one uh, competition that I can remember. I don't remember the last time one game week one created such chaos in the in the the hot take sphere. Um Colorado goes in to TCU and wins. 45 42 let's let's keep let's let's be positive i want you to start us off let's be positive and then we will try to bring people down to earth in a gentle way
1: so and i'm glad you started that way because the overreaction is happening the excitement is happening because you have to realize where colorado was this time last year or at the end of last year and where they have been for the last several years, Colorado has not had a good football program for a long, long time. You go through the history of this program, and you start to see why yesterday's win was so incredibly exciting. One and eleven, four and eight. Uh, you're looking at four and two in the COVID year, five and seven, five and seven, five and seven. That one random ten and four year in 2016, four and nine, two and ten, four and eight, one and eleven, three and ten, five and seven, three and nine, five and seven, six and seven, two and ten. It's been a dismal at Colorado. And in one season with the brand new transfer portal that's sort of only been around for, I guess two full seasons in its in its entirety, has just rearranged Colorado's entire outlook on what not only this season is going to be, but the next couple of seasons under Deion Sanders, it's totally changed everything uh, in a lot of ways about college football in general, with the success of USC, the success of, I think a lot of people give TCU a lot of credit last year for building in the portal. There was another team this weekend and it's, it's escaping me that had success uh, right away with the portal. And, and you saw, uh, and we'll see more teams that have success. Florida state's been building their program with the portal as well. So I think the portal aspect of this is very exciting, but where Colorado has been for the last 20 years now almost is a big reason why yesterday's win was so incredibly exciting and to its D on it, somebody easy to get excited about for a lot of people because a lot of people love that brash, that, uh, that prime time moniker that he has and all of that talking and all of that extra stuff and, and sticking your chest out and thumping uh, your cap your cap for your guys and being there for your guys and and being that kind of bought in like that. uh, A lot of people, it gets them fired up and it gets them ready to go. And and sort of the superstar that is Dion is very easy to like and to pull for. And I think, uh, again, that's where a lot of this overreaction is coming from. And Hey, who doesn't love points, right? Rob, it's 2023. We score points in football. All of the rules are geared to scoring points. And what did they do? They scored points, a whole bunch of them and a whole bunch of yards for the quarterback who happens to be the superstar head coach's son and that much more excitement. So the storylines are just dripping with juice. And I think that's where a lot of the overreaction is coming from because how can you not? It's just so much fun. This is what we want. This is a great storyline. Let's pull for this storyline to happen because Dion's great. His son is great great this is all great this should be great and so we're gonna just be great like tony the tiger
0: okay so um follow yeah. that pal i, I can't um I, I'll, <laughs> I'll say this really quick about about deon sanders just talking i have no problem with you talking as long as you back it up it's why it's why i i enjoyed um how am I forgetting his name? Baker Mayfield. That's why I enjoyed Baker Mayfield whenever he was in college because, you know what? He talked, but, he, man, did he back it up. Like, he was so good. Johnny Manziel, same thing. Enjoyed – I don't mind him talking if you back it up. Just like with Cam Newton, I don't mind you talking if you back it up, like, like the year at Auburn and that that special year that he had at Carolina. I don't mind it at all. It, it is, so he him talking does not bother me in the least bit. I do not freaking care. <laughs> I loved watching this game. I love being wrong. This is the this is the only game that I missed on my picks this weekend. And you know what? I'm okay with it. I'm okay with that. I got this wrong. I am was so it was so awesome seeing Shadir Sanders throw for 510 yards and four touchdowns and zero picks in his collegiate his first FBS game. I also. Loved watching Travis Hunter play 129 snaps and have over 100 yards receiving on 11 catches and then having one of the sickest interceptions as far as time, place, when it happens in the game and how it happened that I've ever seen. It, it like, uh, and, and uh, what's the, oh, the, the dude's name? Edwards. Ed, Edwards might be the fastest human being I've ever seen run with a football spencer. <laughs> they're number, number, uh, number six, their running back. Uh, mm-hmm. I, think that's, I think that's what he is. He is the fastest freaking human being I've ever okay. seen with a football. He is so fast. Um, it was awesome to see. It really was. Uh, I don't have a lot of negative to say at all. We'll, we'll talk about the the calming down here in a second. But you are absolutely right. This team deserves as much praise for one game as a team can be, be given because of how bad they've been over the last – Decade, it feels like.
1: So, Um, uh, real quick before you move to the next spot, because I I don't know if it's negative or bad, but if there's certainly things, I think Colorado or Dion and his staff will certainly look down and say, okay, we need to do a better job overall of running the football with Dalen Edwards. He did average four yards an attempt on just six carries, but everybody else was pretty much hemmed in. Only 1.6 yards per carry allowed. Sanders was sacked four times. So that really attributed everything, but 93 attempts for about uh, 93 yards total for gaining on on the ground. So I think you're going to want to do a little bit better than that. But from a net standpoint, it was 34 for 55, 1.6. You're going to want to do better on that end of things. And then obviously you gave up a lot on defense. So I think those would be the two spots that you would say. Hey, you know we might want to. Uh, we're going to certainly need to clean that ki- that side of things, um, that side of things up.
0: Okay. Even though I said let's be positive, and then I was going to talk about let's calm things down. You, you thank you for breaking that.
1: Oh, well, um, I thought we were that, I that sequence. You were, you
0: no, were, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. Well, it's fine.
1: You you fine. Um, I didn't mean to steal your thunder. I'm no, so
0: no, sorry. no, 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 no. It's fine. I just, I just I had an order. Is I it me. fine? Yeah, it's fine. Let, let's just. I don't. I don't. Okay. I do not want to be extensive about TCU. They're the losers here. They. I don't have a lot to say. Okay. They they got the last time we saw them before this, they were getting slaughtered by Georgia. Fast forward to this year, they have a new quarterback, they have new wide receivers, they have a couple of guys on the O-line. A lot of their defense still returns, and they walk in this game and they give up 45 points to a Colorado team that caught a lot of people off guard. Absolutely. We gave praise already to Colorado, but I was very disappointed in how TCU played. I don't know what they're going to do now, because if they're not like I'm going I'm to talk about, you know, common calming, calming down a little bit on the Colorado hype here in a second. But I just just very, very disappointed in TCU. Because because they could have won this game, they really could have. Um, and so, yeah, I, that's all I'm going to say. I just was disappointed in TCU. That's all.
1: Um, well,
0: and okay. I was going to say or go ahead. No, 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 because I was going to talk about the calming down hype part. Go ahead.
1: Well, I was going to get us started there, but you go ahead.
0: I I just – I just think, like, it is incredible. We give all the praise for the next six days or five days, you know, between now and next week. And, you know, we can continue to ride this wave and be really excited for Colorado. But all of a sudden saying that Colorado – like, our – The guy who chimed in and said they could be a ranked team this week, I I don't disagree with that. I'm not pushing back on that at all. My pushback is on the people who are now trying to be unfair again and create these unfair expectations for a Colorado team who probably played a TCU team who's probably not even the top five in the Pac-12. And when TCU – or when Colorado plays Oregon or plays UCLA or Oregon State – Or any of these other teams who have bigger and stronger offensive and defensive lines than the TCU team they played this week, I just, I, I am not, I'm not saying Colorado sucks in no no way, shape or form. I'm not saying that. They still have sub 80, I think it's like 78. They still have like 75 to 78 scholarship athletes. They still do not have a top. They still do not have a full team. They still have one player who played 129 snaps. That is no, there's no way that is possible and sustainable for an entire season. That, that many snaps. I'm not saying he can't be great all season because he probably will be. I just think that it is unfair for all for us all of a sudden take their win total, which was like three or four, and then all of a sudden say, nope, it's actually nine or ten now because of one game. I think that's unfair. do you, Do you th- do you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to be negative at all. I'm trying to protect the expectations that we should have on this team now.
1: Well, yeah, because they're they're playing in a conference that I think went uh, undefeated 13-0. in week one. So yeah, counting
0: USC's week one, uh, week zero, they are thirteen and zero as a conference. Yeah.
1: yeah so. And Michael Penix, we already talked about Caleb Williams is in the Heisman running. Oregon scored 80 something points with for Oregon. Um, obviously DJU looks like he's gonna be a big deal for Oregon State. Uh lots of other returning quarterbacks uh from around. So yeah, it's not a, it's not unreasonable to pump the brakes and say, let's not kill, let's not go overboard with our new expectations here. Uh for for Colorado, and we do this for a lot of teams because we're doing it with Florida State a little bit. We're knocking down the expectations for LSU, so this is happening everywhere. It's not just Colorado that this is happening to. It's just loudest uh, for Colorado. The other thing I wanted to point out, and this was something uh, that J.J. White tweeted out, that, hey, you know, they just did all of this against the the team that just played for the national championship, and I kind of wanted to pump the brakes a little bit. That's and be so like, unfair. That's... It's re- yeah, It's this is really unfair or – uh, you know, let's let's take into account here real quick. TCU's national championship run was very much Cinderella. They were five and seven the year prior, and this is not a program that in TCU that's been built for sustained national championship kind of success. It's not Georgia. It's not Alabama. It's not Ohio State and Michigan and what TCU or what Tennessee and what USC are hoping to build. It's not that. This isn't talent on top of talent on top of talent on top of talent, and it's never been that way at TCU. Nothing against it; it's just how that cookie crumbles for them. They're not building championship rosters year in and year out. So let's not talk about this as the as a TCU program that is the same program that went and won a national champ or went to the national championship game. It's not because it's not. Did the they same lose possible. like nine
0: players to the NFL?
1: Exactly. So it's a, it's a lot of different people defensively and offensively, most of offensively. And, oh, by the way, their offensive coordinator is no longer there as well.
0: Yeah, he's in Clemson right be, now.
1: <laughs> yeah, it could be a big deal for, for any program. So while, yes, TCU played for the national championship last year, they didn't compete very well in that game, and it's not the same team.
0: Yeah, and and also Chandler Morris is not the quarterback that they had last year. You know, like it, it's not. It, he is not Duggan in any way, shape, or form. Or at least not right now. I Chandler Morris was was very disappointing yesterday or Saturday, and 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 and, and again, I, I just I just want the expectations to be fair. And what I mean by fair is, you know what? Okay, let's 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 just take a second, and if we just look at the Colorado Buffaloes, because I want to do this real quick before we we move on to uh, kind of clearing out the the notebook, Spencer. They have. Here, here are the games they have on their schedule, and I'll, I'll read it to you, and we'll just look at this real quick. And, and you and I, Spencer, are going to be a brain trust of creating a fair over-under now for this team. They play Nebraska, Colorado State, Oregon, or at Oregon, USC, at Arizona State, Stanford, at UCLA, Oregon State, Arizona, at Washington State, and at Utah. So, is there, if I told you that I thought they could get five wins now, is that shortchanging them, taking in their depth? Because you also have to keep in mind that the one, the one quote-unquote critique, their defense gave up forty-two points to a possibly not great TCU team.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think you have a much different chance now if you can sustain your offense the way that it was this weekend. You can clean up some things defensively. If you can do that, you've got Nebraska, an opportunity there. you got an opportunity with Colorado State. And then I think you've got an opportunity, potentially, at least with Arizona State, yep. with Stanford, yep, with Arizona, yeah, and MS. with maybe even Washington State. So you might okay. have six okay. other games there where you have an opportunity. I'm not saying you're going to win all six. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But you got an opportunity – in six other games, there. If you can sustain that offense, yeah, I think that that's reasonable.
0: It is, uh, but, so, so no, I appreciate this brain trust conversation because I agree with you. I think the number for them should now be six.
1: And, are, are, are you meaning to say brainstorming conversation?
0: No, a brain trust is when whenever you get a collection of people together who who come up who cover ideas. Or come up with new concepts or things, uh, ways to change things. Have you ever heard that term before? Brain trust.
1: Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm, I'm thinking of brain trust in a different way. Um, No, it's okay. And I could be. I'm, I'm definitely. Sounds like I'm wrong. But it also sounds like brainstorming is also what a brain trust would do.
0: Brainstorming would be like if we're coming up with a book idea, and you and I are coming up with ideas of how to like how to come up with that story brain trust is like you go to you go to a group of people to change something like or
1: gotcha okay okay
0: Oh,
1: you're welcome okay no absolutely I appreciate you stopping down and spending uh, 90 seconds on that thank you okay no I'm saying I I appreciate us spending the 90 seconds now everybody else can be cleared up uh as well if I'm the only one left behind well then I'm the one so sorry
0: so so let's let's skip Nebraska right now because we'll talk about that game on you know later in the week on third on Wednesday or Thursday but let me just give me, give me what you f- like, give me the percentage chance they can win that game. Okay. Which Wait, we'll one? Do the, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say a couple games to you. At Oregon.
1: Oh, um, 30%. Okay.
0: USC. At Boulder.
1: Yeah. Um, 25%. I'm not going to be much higher than 30 if I'm higher than 30 at all.
0: All right, two more at, at UCLA.
1: <laughs> you know, if Chip Kelly doesn't get to run the number of plays <laughs> he wants to. Yeah. Uh, I, I might could go higher there, 35, 40, maybe, right. maybe.
0: Okay, last one, at Utah.
1: Yeah, I'm back around that 25 spot. You know, Cam Rising. Yeah. Maybe you get Utah banged up a little bit, maybe, but but so Utah, Utah's built, I think, in a way. Utah's built, you know, I mean, they 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 got two off of USC last year. I, I don't think it's going to be very easy to just go in there and get whatever you want, so pending health,
0: like we'll just say healthy, healthy across the board for every situation. At Oregon, I would say probably about ten percent. USC, I actually would say thirty, thirty five percent, maybe even forty depending on how USC's uh, defense starts to look over the next few weeks at fair UCLA. Enough. I, at UCLA, I agree with you probably like that 35, 40% range as well. Um, and then Utah, I, I, I would say 10 or less at, right now, just because I trust Utah so much. Um, okay. So Spencer, like I, <clears throat> I think it's fair to say we, we spend a lot of time on TCU uh, Colorado as we should, Um but I just want to take a couple minutes. Let's let's empty the notebook on a couple of games that we have, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, I'm gonna start us off just real quick. Um, Notre Dame looked dominant again um, in in their win. Uh, I just, uh, it, of course, it's you know Tennessee State. They won 56, 56 to three. Uh, I just continue to be caught off guard to actually seeing a really sound quarterback playing the position for Notre Dame.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's exactly what's been the most fun thing about Notre Dame so far is has been uh, watching that uh, quarterback position be be lethal and kind of give them a chance. You know, we talked about FSU being a playoff team. Now there's no reason to think Notre Dame can't be in that same conversation. I think they still have to do a little bit more to prove it. Florida State kind of got to to sort of announce it with a bang, uh, but there's no reason why Notre Dame can't be that kind of team too. Uh, knowing how close they have been before in the past.
0: Okay, what's your what's your game?
1: Oh, uh, emptying the notebook a little bit um, for uh, college football. Hey, you know, shout out to uh, to Texas State and oh, to yeah who who else was it that had the big win uh, over the Wyoming. weekend? Yeah, Wyoming. Wyoming. Shout out uh, to them. Shout out to Graham. Uh, coffee there with Dog Central as well, and, and the idea of sort of pointing out. I think he's he sounds like he's spent some time in Wyoming. Uh, yeah,
0: I think he lives there.
1: Okay, is he living there currently? Okay, I thought for some reason I thought he was in Utah. Sorry about that. Either way, uh, just this really great layout of Wyoming and small town, and and you know they second employer in the state is is the school and. Uh, Just being a real – it's a statewide, small hometown feel. And that's exactly what we love about college football. And so shout-out to Texas State. Shout-out to um, Wyoming Wyoming for getting those wins, upsetting kind of bigger programs, uh, Texas State over Baylor. Texas State with uh, T.J. Finley, by the way, at quarterback, former LSU and Auburn quarterback over there lighting up uh, Baylor just a little bit. So shout-out to those two programs, small towns. Uh, small time teams kind of, you know, coming through and, and having some upset fun in week one of, uh, even though there weren't games that were marquee, uh, either yeah. way, it was, that's kind of cool to see that's college that's, football.
0: So really quick before I mention my last one of the night, uh, Spencer, as you know, I, I like to do this thing where I like to revoke your fake ID, uh, throughout the year. Um, it, for those who are new listeners, it's just my way of indicating you tell us that you're something, but your play shows us something different. And all offseason, all I freaking heard and all we bought into or I bought into was that Texas Tech was for real this year in the Big 12. They they, They were possibly a dark horse to win the conference. You cannot lose to Wyoming and expect me to buy in any longer. And I'm revoking your fake ID you you are you are fake. Get out of my positive box of teams. losing to Wyoming. garbage, Just asinine the The other game that I had um that I wanted to make mention of Spencer was what you alluded to earlier was Oregon State and San Jose State. I know that San Jose State is not a very good team, but Oregon State is brought in DJ DJU to try to help help him. And he came in to try to help them. And Spencer, holy crap! What a what a performance! Two hundred thirty nine yards and three touchdowns. It, yes, again, San Jose State, but there was no doubt they handled business. They got after it, and I was just I was super proud of him, man. I was so happy for him and for this Oregon State team. And Jonathan Smith continues at least week one out of the gate. Oregon State may be a team to watch in the Pac twelve.
1: You know, and speaking of the Pac-12 going, like Rob mentioned earlier, 13-0, that was another thing I had I I wanted to make mention of. Uh, So undefeated is the Pac-12 right now, uh, and that includes Washington State's 50-24 win over uh, Colorado State. uh, Cameron Ward in this game, 75% of 49 attempts were completed for 451 yards and three touchdowns. He was very good. I think this was a team that uh, got some rushing going. As well, 168 yards on the ground for Lincoln Victor. So, uh, or no, excuse me, 11 catches for 168 yards uh, for Lincoln Victor. So, very nice day for uh, Washington State to go and get 50 points. And looks like they probably had some special teams in there somewhere as well, because I'm not seeing i um, I'm not seeing a, all of it being done by the offense. So, um, great job to to Washington State. Uh, and also, you know, just kind of keeping with the pirate vibe here for a second, I think Mississippi State had some pretty cool things that they did to honor Mike Leach uh, over the weekend as uh, obviously the season ended for them in a very abrupt fashion with Leach passing away, and that obviously shocking the whole world of uh, of college football, losing him so early. So um, shout out to uh, Mississippi State this weekend for um, – you know, having a good showing, not only on the field, but uh, honoring Mike Leach. And then I think there was a section of the students uh, students that were all dressed up as as pirates and such. So, cool moment there for uh, for Mississippi State honoring uh, Mike Leach.
0: Okay, Spencer, we're going to have a little bulldog corner real quick.
1: Oh, okay, real quick before we go to that, because I was just about to ask if you were going to that. And I had uh, one other thing to empty then. Um. My yeah, my, uh, VSU Blazers this weekend. Oh, yeah, our VSU Blazers this weekend. Yeah, One really big, sixty-three to ten. That's
0: what I'm talking but about. But
1: did it playing in a stadium that had no power. Valdosta was hit by the Hurricane Idalia mm, yep. and was ravished. I mean, devastation like I've never seen before. Uh, you see it on TV sometimes when they show those overhead shots and things, but being on ground level walking out of the front of my house, looking left, looking right, looking ahead, turning around in my backyard, a giant tree down 10 feet from the house. Uh, I mean, it came right through Tallahassee. I think it actually went to the east of Tallahassee, but came right up through there. Tallahassee is all of an hour and a half from Valdosta. This storm took as straight a shot out of the Gulf of Mexico as any storm has ever taken. (laughs) Valdosta got hit with their first recorded actual hurricane Uh, that came to town, leveled Lowndes County, leveled Valdosta in so many ways. Uh, Emergency management has been great getting us back online, but ultimately the stadium on Saturday didn't have power, changed the game from 7 o'clock to 3 uh, 3 o'clock, and the team went out, uh, the two teams went out, Valdosta State and Point University, played in a powerless stadium, and uh, still got the job done with 63 touchdowns quarterback sammy edwards with uh, five total touchdowns on the day it was a big day for the offense it was a rough year last year for the dog uh, for the blazers so it was nice to see them uh victorious over the weekend and uh, and i wrapped up my broadcasting career, career uh yesterday with uh, the blazers as well so that was uh that also took place uh in week one of college football
0: well big weekend big, big weekend week.
1: um now to the dogs my friend
0: Okay, I don't have a lot to say. They won forty-eight-seven yes, against. No, I do not. I, I well, yes. Uh, yes, you do. They won forty-eight-seven against perennial powerhouse Texas. You know, uh, UT Martin. Okay, you know the, the as some would call the King University
1: of Tennessee Martin.
0: Yeah, the, the, as some would, some people would say the Kings of Tennessee. You know, um, no, it, it was they they didn't play a very good team. However, there is a lot of uproar about Georgia only being up 17-0 at half. Uh, there's a lot of blaming going around towards the coaching staff, specifically of Mike Bobo. And I am here to defend, said Mike Bobo. Our offensive line play was abysmal in the first half. It was very, very bad. Georgia, Georgia only averaged, like, yes, Georgia ended up getting 159 yards rushing on the day. Um, averaging 5.3 yards a carry, which which is which is good, but in the first half w- was not looking good at all. There was a lot of pressure in Carson Beck's face. There was a lot of uh, running plays that just were getting stuffed. And so many people want to blame Mike Bobo because that's the easiest thing to do, you know. And then they <clears throat> looked at halftime. George is driving down the field, and it's like first down, I think, or something like that. And they 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 run the ball in the middle. Come to find out. <clears throat> so many people are getting upset at Mike Bobo. Come to find out, Mike Bobo called a pass play on that, and Carson Beck checked down, and checked down to run the ball up the middle. <clears throat> this was this was a lethargic first half for Georgia. The only thing positive that I take was for what in the first half at least was the defense and the kicking game. The rest of the time, Carson Beck looked like he hadn't started a game since his senior in high school. Guess what? He hasn't. He is also playing with a new offense coordinator. And Mike and Mike Bobo. The offensive line looked abysmal, as I've already mentioned. And, again, you cannot expect Georgia to come out <clears throat> with some high-tech, awesome game plan against UT Martin. I guarantee you that if they were playing South Carolina this week or playing Auburn or Tennessee, the game plan would have been different and the team itself would have been different. But I am so sick already of the hate on Mike Bobo when people do not consider that maybe, just maybe, the players involved didn't do their jobs. There you go.
1: Uh, Did you not want these numbers that you made me look up?
0: Oh, yes, please. Go ahead and give me some numbers on Mike Bobo and his career at the (laughs) University of Georgia.
1: Yeah, so uh, 36 points a game in 2007, 34th in the country, uh, 31.5 in 08, 29th, 28.9 28.9 in 09, 51st. 32nd in 10, 30th. 32nd in 11, 33rd. 37.8 in 2012, 19th. 36.7 in 13, 2021, or uh, 21st, I'm sorry. And then 41 points per game in 2014. That was eighth in the country.
0: And we don't have – I did not get a chance to write down the numbers on the defensive side of the ball. But what I did see is that Georgia's defense all those years, specifically the last four years where he had Aaron Murray at quarterback, Mike Bobo, Mike Bobo's defense never ranked higher than 30th. And they, and they ranked in the bottom third in the country in third down conversion. Mike Bobo never had a legit defense like he has now at Georgia. Never. People can say, oh, what about Alec Ogletree and, and, and Jarvis Jones? Yeah, those guys were great at creating some sacks, but they were absolutely horrible at stopping the run. Hence the reason why we got run all over for almost 300 yards against Bama in the SEC Championship in 2012. This, my, I am going to be pro Mike Bobo like I was for Stetson Bennett until I'm shown otherwise to do so. Sister, do you have anything to add to this, or or am I is this just me that's that's fighting this cause?
1: Well, no, because last year, not every single game with Todd Munkin was 40 points a game. Agreed. Um, there were times last year with uh, uh, Missouri and even the game against Kentucky where things Kent weren't State. great. Uh, Kent State where things weren't great, which I think is where Robbie makes the point of maybe this is just the players' heart. Hang on. Maybe just the players aren't as hyped up here. You know, when you play in the SEC championship, you play for national championships, you play in all these high-profile situations, you know, sometimes it's hard to get excited about Tennessee Martin. Sometimes it's hard to get excited about some of these smaller games. Uh, And maybe some of that will change in the future. But ultimately, uh, it's it's one game. Todd Munkin wasn't always – those offenses weren't always on fire, and neither was Jim Cheney. Nobody had an offense that scored literally 40 points every single game. You know, um, that's just not how that works. Sometimes you have a bad day, and maybe the dogs just didn't have their best day. Uh, but like Rob mentioned earlier, sometimes you make some of your best improvements from week one uh, to week two, and now that the guys have that opportunity, you know, they'll they'll continue to work. So, And Kirby's even mentioned it as well. Not everybody was excited about the Todd Munkin hiring. Not everybody was excited about the new defensive coordinator in Dan Lanning or Glenn Schumann or Agreed. Yeah. You know, whatever else it was. So not everybody's been – I think it's safe to say if you're a Dogs fan and you've been following along with the program and you've been whatever – you've had whatever opinion about whatever coach, you, there's a good chance maybe you've been wrong. Just trust that Kirby knows what he's doing. Again, we you know we come back to just trust that Kirby knows what he's doing. He's been around the block. He's a two time national championship winning head football coach. He he's got an idea. And it's one game. We don't it's not the end of the world.
0: No, it is not. It's not even close.
1: Not even not doesn't even measure measure on the scale of things that would be the end of the world. Yep. I it just doesn't. went through a hurricane. <laughs> you I'm, did. I'm here to tell you. That is, it doesn't that is, register. That is real. All right, Spencer. That tree uh, is 10 feet away from where I sleep, and it's round and big. Okay. All right, Spencer. No, I got you. we are very equipped right now to measure end-of-the-world type things, and at least the ones that aren't end-of-the-world.
0: All right, that's all I got, Spencer.
1: Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe. Two friends, one love, and that would be college football. We'll catch you on the flip-flop. Later!